Hey guys, just a heads up, this is a not safe for work podcast, so keep it in your pants until you won't get busted. <laughs> Orgasmic Terrorist, a podcast about acceptance around becoming authentic within our sexual exploration. Orgasmic Terrorist. Welcome to Orgasmic Terrace. Sarah and Jenna's here. Hi, guys. So, guess what I did yesterday? What did you do? I went and had my boobs smashed. <gasps> is it because October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month? Well, that's part of it. It was my annual or semi, ah. uh, biannual. Lucky I don't know you. That. Falls in line with the whole thing. Yes. And so I was in there and I'm like, oh, I got to tell Jenna. That I had my boobs smashed. <laughs> Somebody else touched my boobs. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And she was so polite. So I don't know if anybody knows <laughs> how it works, but you're in a room wearing this gown with it open in the front. And she tells you where to stand and you're doing the whole thing. And then she kindly, they're so kind about to lift your boob. And this is a stranger. Okay. That's the part that's so funny. It's a stranger. They kindly <laughs> lift your boob onto this platform. You've had some nice ones then because <laughs> I've had some jerkers. <laughs> All of mine have been nice. I think this is my That's nice. That's good for you. I had one that I think that was at the end of her fucking job and she's like, get over here. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, I was was expecting that. And so, okay, I wanted to ask you, I have boobs that they could put on there. Yours or not. I would love to hear your story of how they do yours. Because first of all, I'm going to cut you. My boobs (laughs) totally can go on that thing. Hello, rude, but that's fine. You have big chesticles and I have smaller chesticles now, but it, it they still go on the platter. Like yours go on the platter Fairly, <laughs> and then the vice I mean, grip my... comes down and they flatten the shit out they of it. flatten it and then they tell you to hold your breath and with then... your arm up over this massive machine and the most uncomfortable thing with your face like turned sideways. Correct. The other part of the machine is like, pressed into your cheek or your nose super uncomfortably as your tit is being flattened by a vice grip. Not once, Don't breathe. but twice per boob and different poses. That's the part that is amazing, like how they do it. But she was actually, here's the part that I was actually laughing about myself. She was lifting my side boob up and getting it on the plate too. Yeah. So yeah, she no. was getting all of my boob as much. And what I mean by the side boob is the part that's under the armpit. Yes. So that is a little different between you and I. So I don't have that same side boob that you do. And I do have lymph nodes that go kind of crazy sometimes that are connected to breast tissue areas. And so believe it or not, they make it work. And when I say painful, it is painful because it is, it's literally the last, that's the last lady where she was like the TKO freaking mortal combat. Get over here. Grab my tit. (laughs) So like she put my tit in there and it was under my right armpit and we had noticed it. That's the spot that they wanted her to get specifically. So they have little stickers that they can also put on your skin as to, so when they scan it, that little sticker has like a little metal piece in it. So they know exactly where they're supposed to be looking when they get the image up. Right. She had my boob half pancaked in this thing, knew she didn't have the sticker where she was. She, She left it like. She like let a little pressure up and then came around the other side and literally just kept yanking my tit in from the bottom as I am just getting, I mean, I had a bruise in my ribs on my skin. Oh my God. 
and they have to do it. Like it's just what we have to do for our little tatas. But yeah, it can be quite painful. That was the reason I wasn't making fun of your tatas. The fact that you don't have any, I can't imagine as many as much as me. (laughs) Click. I'm not. I'm not cutting that out. I'm having everybody listen to you talk about my small boobies. They used to be so glorious. They are glorious. I'm jealous because I have to roll mine in and put it in a boob to make me even have cleavage. But you have these nice ones. My sister does too. I don't know how you guys, how they, to me, they just plop it onto the plate and then they smash it. Oh my God. Like you can't do this. All I can picture is what you're describing to me is like a nice little chicken cutlet versus a squid that just like blah on it. Don't do that. That's funny. (laughs) I just can't imagine. I I get it. Well, and you know that even women with smaller breasts than me, since I can win first and third at the wet t-shirt contest because (laughs) I I have a D and a C. Oh my God. I didn't know that. First and third, bitch. It's two prize money places. I'll take them both. Um, Women with smaller B and A still have to do the same thing. That is where I would want to, like even a B because you have a lip then, you know, you have an over. It's the A cups that are so cute and perky. And you don't need an underwire. Right. You don't have any hangover. I can't imagine as bad as it is with me. I can't imagine how painful it is for smaller breasted women. I can't either. And that's what I was going to bring up. My sister. Yeah, I think you have bee. it the best with your big old tiggle bitties. Well, they're D's. D's right. and then sometimes double D's. <laughs> Depends on the fold of the Depends week. on what time of the period um, phase we're on. Yes. Right, right. So my, my sister has an AB. Well, when she was younger, she was an A. Now I think she's aiming towards CD as she's gotten older. Yeah. So it's always been fascinating to me to like, how would you do hers? Mine is, I could always plop them down, you know, yeah. CDs my whole life. But hers, I was just wondering, and you don't look like you're a CD, so I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Although apparently they don't look like it either. So um, no, they used to. No, I used to have double D's on both boobies. They are natural boobies. And after my kid and then my hysterectomy, I lost a lot of weight and just have never, those are the first things to go is my butt and my boobs and just have struggled since my hysterectomy to put weight on, which I know people are going to be super irritated about me saying that, but yeah, that's, I just want the weight so I can have my titties back. (laughs) basically. But no, it's still, I mean, now that they're so deflated, it's very easy. They also just flop on and pull out into where they need to be as they pancake your boobs. Yeah. I was trying to explain it. So what brought me up to talk to you about it today, besides the fact is breast cancer awareness month was I was trying to explain it to the client. I'm on my way to a mammogram and she goes, well, what is that? I said, well, it's where they take x-rays of my breast or they take pictures of tissue. Yeah. Breast tissue. And I said, and they had to smash it into this vice. And I was joking with her and she's really, I said, yeah, unfortunately, really, it really does get smashed. And I never thought you could smash it as much as you do. I don't see how they, I don't ever get, even as big as they were, as small as they are now, I still cannot believe how flat they can get your breast tissue. But to add insult to injury. So for me, I have super dense breast tissue. What that means is that when you get your images up, dense tissue comes up white on the imaging. So you can't see through it. And I also have cysts. I have 23 on my left and 17 on my right. That also is cause for concern all the time. And because my tissue is so dense and they can't see through it, it's not like a standard x-ray where you could see whatever. It's definitely big white blob. I have to do an ultrasound after every single time. I don't know that most women have to do that, but I have fibrocystic 
breast tissue, which are the cysts. And I cannot remember the name of the dense breast tissue, but it's more common than I think people know. But yeah, it's a one-two punch for me every single time. And they get me for two copays every time, which seriously pisses me off. You one for, go to the other. If you yeah, one for going. the mammogram and one for the ultrasound. And I was like, how, they're both for my TAS. Like, why is this fair? It That's so ridiculous. But whatever, I digress. So no, we should do a whole movement of tit care. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many episodes there are in that. <laughs> I think we're doing that one right now. Right? Well, I meant like a whole campaign to go out there and get money for women, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, I would love to do that. I would love to do that because it it doesn't seem fair, but it it is for our own health. Now, I wanted to talk to you about it because one, I know you have knowledge and I did not know you, you shared with the story about your breast before we went on the mic and I, my tissue being so dense. Yeah. You knocked my socks off. I was not prepared for that. Yeah. You were very stunned. I I just was like, Oh, whatever. It's how it's always been, you know? Yeah, no, never. My, I don't have the history of breast cancer in my family. My aunt on my father's side has passed due to breast cancer. And that was in the 1960s or something like that. So I wasn't even born when she had passed away. So I had no idea about breast cancer until friends of mine have come across several of my dearest friends who survived. I had very little exposure to it until recently in the last year and a half, several people I know either prone to it susceptible to it or have it. And it's changed my outlook on them. So I definitely wanted to talk about that. And we dedicated this season too to women's health. And I thought this would be a really good way to start. Is Yeah, I think it's super, super important. I think there's another section of ladies that we didn't talk about too, which are women's that have breast implants. It's still super important for you to go and get screened as everybody, you just need to let your technician know. Since I don't have that, I don't know if there's any difference. I don't know if they can't squeeze it as tight, maybe. Hey, it's a question, right? I'm looking it up right now. Both silicone and saline implants can make it hard for the doctor to see the breast tissue that is in line with them on the mammogram. They're saying women with implants have four extra pictures done two on each breast, as well as the four standard pictures taken during a screening mammogram. And these extra pictures called implant displacement views, the implant is pushed back against the chest wall and the breast is pulled forward over it and then compressed. This allows better imaging of the front part of each breast so the doctor can get a better look for the breast tissue. I think we might be getting off. I think so too. How do you do that? Dude, what do you mean you push, have to push it back and then pull the, it? What? Oh my God. Well, how, Women. what if it's under your muscle or if, I wonder if that makes a difference too. If it, It's got to, you no. can't bring, if it's like over the muscle, how are you going to bring the breast? <laughs> how? Okay. Maybe we need to ask these questions. I'm telling we you right do. now. We're going to have to have a follow-up on that part. Yes. I think, I think so. so. But there's a plan. There's plenty of other things that we're just trying to get across in this podcast, which is yes. the importance how-tos, other concerns when it's what we think might be breast cancer that probably isn't. And then just in general, just supporting each other and making sure that breast cancer awareness is out there. It affects so many people. I have several friends in my group that have had to have full mastectomies and then the whole rebuild. And there was a gal that I'm loosely acquainted with that her rebuild actually went sour too. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that happen around breast cancer. So it's important for everybody to be aware. And then we can give you some links to go visit and places to go donate to help women that don't have insurance and all the healthy, important things so we can support each other. 
Yes, I agree. And we'll definitely put some links to that in our show notes. I know we haven't been doing a lot of links on our show notes, but we will for this because I do believe in 100% supporting women. So yeah, um, a thousand percent, especially when it comes to health. One of my dearest friends was diagnosed a year and a half ago with stage four breast cancer. She had a double mastectomy within this year and it has rocked our family to the core. So I'm like, just thinking about what would happen if I got it or somebody closer, yeah. not just a friend yeah. of the family. It just, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what they're going through other than just sending them love and support. I don't know how I would handle it. I'm speechless. Well, and this is why it's so important that, I mean, we've all been told for years that we need to do our own self breast exams, do your breast exam, do your breast exam. And I, up until I would say I was diagnosed with the fibrocystic breast tissue, which was probably, oh, my cysts have probably been pretty there, pretty firmly irritating for probably five to seven years. And then the dense breast tissue has come on with age and hormones and not having a uterus anymore. And so your breast tissue can change all the time, tend to go and get a mammogram twice a year. Wow. Just because it is so hard to see. And because I already have so many cysts in there, I also have some fatty deposits that scared the shit out of me because doing the breast exam and it was very oblong shaped and it was very firm. It wasn't fluid. My cysts are very round and they're fluid filled. And when you touch them, they'll actually move under your fingers. I don't know if you've ever had a cyst anywhere else. It just, it's fluid and it'll move. Okay. Whereas breast cancer tends to be a hard lump that doesn't move with your, you know what I mean? Because I would them all the time and I've got tons of tissue. It's really hard for me when I do my own breast exams because my breast tissue is so fibrous and so dense for me to notice much. But I did have a patch that was right above my actual or my actual breast hangs. Right. And it was odd shaped and it was tender and it was puffy and it wasn't moving. So of course oh. I freak out again. Yeah. Tell me how they got that chunk in there. They did, but I don't know how. It turned out to be a fatty deposit and you can get fatty deposits that you think it's one thing and it's no, it's because your hormones, because you're perimenopausal, it's because you're postmenopausal, it's because you're older, it's because your hormones are changing. It's because you're on your period. So it's always important to pay attention and then bring your partner into it. Yeah, I know fine. my husband knows my breasts better than I do. He's brought a couple bumps to me a couple of times and I was like, oh, let me check cyst, not worried about it. And he's, they weren't there before go in. <laughs> so it's not something I want to fuck around with. I've already right. taken my cervix out and my uterus out because of cancer scares. I don't want my breasts to try and kill me. I would like them to stay and yes. be nice to me, but it's super important that we really do start to sit up and pay attention. Early detection is the greatest gift. My lover, when I went in this week and he's, oh, just tell the technician I've already checked them yeah. and they're good. Yeah. So I did. I told her and she's, I'm just going to do you a second. Yeah. Opinion. Curious second to see opinion. how many times she hears that all the time. Because my husband has definitely been like, you're good. You you're tell good. Him I said hi. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, you're right. I don't. I she yeah. asked a question in the beginning of this is that, do you, you know, how often do we check? I had to tell you, I grew up in the generation of the self-checks, the little hangers that they gave you to hang in your bathroom. Yeah. Or in your shower and all this. I've maybe checked myself three times in my entire life. I'm not proud of that. Yeah, that's got to change. After my family friend, I've checked myself four times. Well, that's good. We have resources on how to perform a breast self-exam too. There's no shame in getting your partner involved in that. It's just generally, I don't think that we think about it. I do because of all the problems that I have. So 
I'm much more already aware of my breast tissue. I have to be. It's a terrifying prospect for me. But up until I had this whole change of my breast tissue, no, I, I mean, I would do it every once in a while because you'd see it and then you're like, okay, I'll, you know, (laughs) put my arm up and I'll see. And then I'm like, I haven't touched my tits in forever. I don't know. What am I supposed to be looking for? So that's kind of what we want to just talk about today. And then again, like my husband knows my breasts better than anybody. If he says something, then yeah, I would definitely. And then it's like fun and they feel supportive. (laughs) Even though my husband also feels like his hands are supportive, like a bra and would (laughs) gladly walk around that way being supportive. It includes them. It educates them. It becomes more of a, hey, it's time. And then it kind of becomes a habit for me. I'm just like, hey, check out my tit. Please (laughs) have this right here. What do you think? (laughs) And he knows I'm better. So I just go there. That's awesome. Actually, I thought about that. Make it a routine. I have to do that. Okay. It's the third of the month. You need to check it. Exactly. And I mean, I do believe that they ask you to do it once a month. Go ahead and do it. I tend to, again, like I'm all up in my boobies now just because, (laughs) but I mean, my cysts are so painful too. There's a lot of crazy stuff with breasts. Did you know that there's large group, me included, which I didn't realize this, that our breast tissue hurts so much out of the month that we don't want hugs. We don't want, don't be, don't touch them. Don't, it gets so bad. My breast tissue changes so often. They'll swell and they get really big and I'm like, yes, they're coming back. And then they'll deflate right away. Right. And it's just, that's what happens to some of us. I think there's so much around breast cancer and that's, our initial inclination anytime something happens is, oh my God. Oh well, my God. Yeah. I, <sighs> I, can't, I can't imagine when our family friend got the phone call that not only did she have breast cancer, but she had stage three. Sorry, I did say four earlier. because Yeah, it's spread. absolutely terrifying. So and, let's talk about yes. the changes to look for. And we're going to read, read this off of the National Breast Cancer Foundation website. A lump or thickening in or near the breast or in the underarm area, a change in the size or shape of the breast, dimpling or puckering in the skin of the breast, a nipple turned inward into the breast, that one I didn't know, discharge or fluid from the nipple, scaly red or swollen skin on the breast, nipple or areola, the dark area of the skin at the center of your breast. That is what they're asking you to look for when you're doing exams. There are a bunch of different ways that they ask you to do this. In the shower, they say with the pad and flat of your middle three fingers, check the entire breast and armpit area, pressing down with light, medium, and firm pressure. So all three, same, same. Okay. Check both breasts each month, feeling for any lump, thickening, hardened, knot, or any other breast changes. Another one's in front of the mirror, which is to visually inspect your breasts with your arms at your sides. Then raise your arms high over your head, looking for any changes in the contour, any swelling or dimples of the skin or changes in the nipples. And then they want you to rest your palms on your hips and press firmly to flex your chest muscles, which I never feel like does anything anyway, but I guess that's a thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Left and right breasts will not exactly match. Few women's breasts do. So look for any dimpling, puckering or changes, particularly on one side. And then the third way is to also lay down. And that again is with your middle three fingers, check the entire breast and armpit area, pressing down with light, medium, and firm pressure. Check both breasts each month, feeling for any lump, thickening, hardened knot, or any other breast changes. Use light, medium, and firm pressure. Squeeze the nipple, check for discharge and lumps. Repeat these steps for your left breast. So that is your basic 
how to do. When I first was taught it, they said to go in a circular motion. Are they not doing that anymore? I don't know. Yeah. You should definitely go your entire breast. I do up underneath. I do into the sides of my armpit where my lymph nodes are. I have a weird thing where depending on my deodorant, it can actually clog my lymph nodes. Then I think I have breast cancer because (laughs) my lymph nodes are huge and inflamed and they hurt. So that was something we had to figure out. It's a crazy thing. It's so important that we start checking ourselves, that we start having dialogue about it. I don't know anybody that doesn't know somebody that has had breast cancer. Yeah, I know. Whether it's close to your family or if it's a periphery person, it doesn't matter. And more than one, guaranteed more than one in your lifetime you've already had. So it's a scary thing. We got to get into this and we got to, we got to start doing these things. Don't be scared. I think that's what scares me the most is you do get into that. I don't want to know. I'm just going to, I don't want to know, you know, and you kind of just, oh, I'm being dramatic or, oh, I'm being this or, oh, I'm being that. Well, no, you're not. You, you could potentially save your life really freaking fast. When I had that fatty lump above my breast tissue, I was really freaking out about that. And then the nurse was like, oh, you have these two over here that I'm worried about. And I was like, whoa, what? She's like, yeah, there's two really small ones on the edge of your breast down below it. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I felt, because again, I have so many cysts all over my breasts. And sure as shit, I had two teeny tiny little ones. And it felt like a pea or a gravel. You know what I mean? You're right. But because, and they were cysts, thank God, but I would have missed them. I would have assumed that they were cysts because that's what I have. So as in tune as I am with my Taz, um, no, she found two I didn't even know about. Super important to learn because all of my cysts are, for me, are on the outsides of my breasts, up against my chest cavity. Not so much in the middle, in the fatty part of it, but all around where like that fat starts to dissipate into your actual skeleton area. Okay. And they hurt really bad. So it's really hard for me to wear underwires because I have so many cysts underneath. So they'll pinch. It's just, it's not pleasant. They hurt all the freaking time. Again, with, without starting to have those cysts. And really that was what really changed my mind about getting in there and starting to know my breast tissue is because I have all of these bumps in my boobs. It's you kind of low-key live in terror all the time. And again, it's that one-two punch for me. Not only do I get a mammogram, it's immediately into ultrasound so that they can double verify because my breast tissue is so clouded because it's so thick that they can't see all the way through it. It's a scary prospect for sure. It's interesting to hear your story because not knowing it, and I'm still in awe, I'm speechless. We need to talk about it. I think women need to talk about it more. I don't think it should be this shameful thing. I think it should be something we fight for. We fight for our rights of having the medical care and the support in our family and such. I've heard of people that they're all alone through it. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I mean, I support support groups. That's what I would say for anybody. Even if you do have a support group with your family, I would literally go find like-minded people that are going through the same process. I can have empathy and be there for you with any type of malady that you have. But if I don't have it, the communion isn't going to necessarily be there. Does that make sense? But as far as my understanding and knowing, that's simply not a thing because I've never been through that. True. So it's like, I can hear you but I can't understand you. Right, right. I know when somebody comes to me with a story that is really hard, maybe a partner that's passed or something, I always say that I feel you, love you, I'm there to support you, 
but I don't know what you're going through. And I rarely yeah. say, oh, I totally understand what you're going through. I rarely will say that because I know that is like a slap in the face. In this case, I don't know what it is like to go through breast cancer or to go through these really hard mammograms. I didn't even get my first mammogram until I was 40 because they just now made the change that at 40 women are supposed to go in if they don't have any cursors, history of this or anything. They're like, okay, see you back every two years. Yeah, I have a problem with that. I also have a problem. So we would definitely need to bring a doctor around here to make me feel better or a gynecologist. <laughs> My gyno was always so amazing because I did have precancerous cells on my cervix because of my family history. Anytime that I was scared or nervous, he was amazing. He was wow. very, just come in. We'll just do this. Just come in. It was very comforting. I know that a lot of people don't have that same type of support. They don't. Yeah. Anytime I had an issue with my vagina, I would literally email my doctor and be like, my, my, Pussy's being a cunt again. She's broken. And I swear to God, I used to email him that poor Kaiser and all of his ladies in the office. But, you know, that was my relationship as it is with most people, but was very supportive, hugely supportive. And I know a lot of women that are not supported by their gyno. No, it's just, I mean, that's sad. I haven't had the same gyno. I haven't had the same person look at my hoo-ha in my entire life. I would encourage that hugely. Yeah. Find somebody you like, ask your girlfriends who they go through, see what your network providers are. If you guys match and one of you have, anytime anybody asked me about a gyno and Kaiser, I was like, my guy, go see my guy. And there's a preference thing too. Like women don't always like to be seen by men. I always had the thought that men don't have what I have. So they have to ask more questions Ooh, where I have found, nice. well, I have found female gynos in my life only, I know there's a ton of great ones out there. I'm not talking shit, but sometimes we, as women also dismiss women. Oh, it's this. Oh, I've had blah, blah, blah. And don't take the time to investigate. I feel like, and I know I'm not right. This is just my no, opinion. No, I, I like an asshole. No, I'm telling the listeners because I don't want to get hated on. It was just always made sense to me to have somebody that doesn't have, because if, you know, if, my vagina is bleeding or my nipples are blah, 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 blah. And you're a woman and you're like, yeah, cool, cool. Like I have the same thing. And it's not like doctors, I'm not saying inherently do that, but with men, they don't generally have vaginas. They don't generally have breast tissue, you know? So if I'm explaining something, I have to do a really good job of explaining it to get it. There's more to hold me accountable, I think, than anything else, because you then know, I would really wanted to impart exactly what I was talking about. That is so fascinating because I came from the generation of, I actually only chose men for all the wrong reasons. I didn't cho choose it because of their knowledge or whatever. It was just who's always looked at my hoo-ha. The very first woman ever looked at my hoo-ha wasn't my choice because I was a military brat. Like I had military doctors. Yeah. I didn't have this idea that a woman could look at my hoo-ha. When I was older and the first woman looked at my hoo-ha, it was weird. I felt uncomfortable. But then again, so I did crazy. the same thing with my first woman doctor. I felt uncomfortable because I was so used to having men in my life telling me what to do. It was a yeah, whole God damn it. I know. I know right? Yeah. It was this whole. Let's not do that around our vaginas and our you right. choose so, who you want to choose. Exactly. Try and get a history. Try and build a relationship. Make sure. And if you don't feel like you're being supported from your gyno, it's like anything else. Drop them and get a new one. Right. Because it's so super important. To have somebody that has your back and wants to be there and wants to show up for you and wants to do a good job. I had the best 
relationship with my last guy now. I was so sad when I left because I don't have a uterus anymore. And I was like, are we, are you breaking up with me? Do you want a picture oh. of my vagina so you can remember it? I'll sign it. <laughs> like, where's the vagina hall of fame? I know I should be on there. I'll sign it. <laughs> oh. You know? Yeah. It's, and it becomes, once you don't have your uterus anymore, you just get general practitioner, which I, again, have an amazing general practitioner. Woman, smart as a whip, super on my side. I've never felt more supported. Love this lady. So it's not like that's a big problem with me. It's just, I had literally 10 years of history with my gyno and it was the best thing ever. Like he was amazing. He is amazing. I loved your analogy, how you explained why you over-explained things to him. And I think when I think back on it, yeah, I do the same thing. When I'm in front of a man, I want to explain what I'm feeling and I'll use more words to describe. It's not quite sharp, but maybe more dull, but it's constant, like a rhythm where a woman, I'm like, it's painful. And I have done that. I've had my issues with both areas yeah. and to go into either my general practitioner or my gyno. I'll use whatever words I feel I need to, but then I'm expecting them to ask me more. And sometimes they don't, I never heard it the way you did it. And I really appreciate you for saying it. That yeah. Way. I just figure I didn't go to med school and I didn't pay the bills that you have to pay. So literally anytime I find myself at a loss at a doctor's office, I just look at them and say, cool, you get to explain this to me. Like I'm three. <laughs> I don't need the medical jargon. I don't need the terms. You're going to explain it to me like I'm three because I'm not a doctor. Right. So you get to make me understand. And then I get to make you understand whether you are on track, whether you are missing it or whether, you know, whatever be it as it may, but I, especially around breasts, especially around boobies. Yes. Yes. It's a whole, it's a whole different thing. I think we think vaginas are, well, so here's the deal. We were talking about breast cancer And then the mammograms, and they're saying every two years, I think if I'm not mistaken, almost all of cervical cancer, if not all of it is completely 100% treatable now, which is amazing. But Mm -hmm. they changed the protocol at Kaiser from every year to three years at Um, Kaiser. So I went in because my insurance was trying to deny it. I was like, (laughs) nope. Went to my gyno and I was like, they're saying, he goes, absolutely not. You have pre-existing blah, 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 blah. So right, you'll be exactly not a deal. But that's what, that's how awesome it is to make that relationship with your OBGYN or your general practitioner, if that's what you're using, because then they'll go to fight for you and they'll know here's everything is noted. Everything's on your charts and this is why we're doing it. And then insurance will pay for it. But yeah, I couldn't believe that it went to every three. I had a panic attack. I was like, there's a, my mom died from it. I was like, I can't go three years. That's not now I don't have to worry about it. I don't have any of those parts down there, but it's well, the same with breasts. I wouldn't be able to do that. I do it every six months now. I guess I could say luckily or unluckily because of my dense breast tissue and my cysts get to do it every six months now. I don't know how I would feel if I walked in and they told me every two years. That's what I do. I do every two years. Is that their medical, like come in again, two years? Uh Uh-huh. Every two years, if you are on a preventative. Okay. And I'm 50 and it's preventative at this point because one, I don't have a history of in my family and I don't have pre-existing, there's no cyst or anything so far. Yeah. Um, Okay. But hope you never get any. I agree. 
If I do, I have a wonderful support system. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was 16 years old, I made an appointment with a doctor and I know this is off of breast cancer, but I made an appointment because I was so programmed in school when we had that first health class and they talked about the women and the shedding of the liner and all that stuff about our period. Yeah. And- and all that crap, whatever crap video they had you watch. <laughs> exactly. And they hadn't come out with the breast cancer checks yet. That didn't come mm-hmm. into like college. But as I was getting older, they were like, you got to go in every six months to have a pap smear. I went in before even losing my virginity because I thought it was my job and my responsibility to do it. So at 16 years old, I marched myself in, had an appointment. The doctor looked at me, he goes, honey, I'm not going to give you a pap smear. You've never had sex. Yeah, I I don't agree with that. I don't, I think that has changed since then. We'll We'll have to look into it. But yeah, I don't want to give out misinformation. I think that's crazy. I get so mad. I have aunts that are elderly now and in their 70s and they still have a uterus. And I'm like, y'all need to go in. My aunts haven't been in there 20 years. I'm like, that's not okay. It's not safe for you to not go in. You need to go in. No, Um, I agree. So far that has fallen on doctors, but hopefully. But the only reason why I bring it up, yes, it has changed. It was six months and then it became a year because then it becomes the annual. And then now it's up to three. I mean, it's changing all the time, but I think that we need to be a little more aware of our body and fight for our rights. I think we should be checked. We have a lot going on in our body and we need to have rights, our own voice and fighting for our rights. Which right now through so much of the United States, we are losing. Right. This is true. Yeah. We have less rights than our mothers did. Wow. I hate to think about. Wow. Yeah. Did that one knock you on on your ass? I'm speechless. Sorry to say. We literally have less rights than our mothers did. It's a problem. We definitely do need to stand up and be listened to and accounted for. All things fun. Let's keep talking about breast cancer. Yes. (laughs) How not fun that is. (laughs) Did you know when National Breast Cancer Awareness Month came about? I don't. Oh, so. Educate uh, me. It came about in 1985. In October of 1985, National Breast Cancer Awareness Month was created in partnership with American Cancer Society and the Pharmaceutical Division of Imperial Chemical Industries. To perform mammograms as a sufficient way to fight breast cancers. I wonder what it was like with the first mammograms. I mean, the machines are crazy now because now it's like an oscillating neck and the whole machine churns. I've been in the rigid upright only ones. Have you not? No, I've only had oscillating ones. (laughs) How many mammograms have you had? Maybe four. I hate you so much. I know. I'm so sorry. What the crap? You need to do. We're on the right path now, right? Yes. Every yes, few years, apparently. But okay. Well, no, they didn't used to. You spoiled brat. And I'm younger. I know. No, they the used to just be a solitary unit that just stood still. And they, you twisted your body and you did all the stuff. Now wow. they've got one on. It literally is on a pivot. And it yeah, also like a round. And it, yeah, like they can change the tilt. angles and Stuff. Yep. No, that used to just be them grabbing your titty and doing that wow. for you. Do you get a warm gown when you go in? I got a warm gown. You know, I, here's this. I think that's what I was going to say in your first round where you're like, oh, I get a gown. I was like, yeah, they make you wear it backwards and you have to shrug it off anyway. Literally, I'm in a room to have my tits checked. Why am I wearing anything on the front? Uh, anyway, just have me put it on to walk from the changing room into the mammogram room. And just let me take it, take it off. Right. 
Just take it off. Why do I, why am I? I know. I'm but here they're trying to, to have you touch my boobs. You're looking at my boobs, whether I hide one or not. <laughs> I think You're it has to do both. with, there are some women out there and I'm, I'm not sure, but oh, I'm assuming well, yeah, there modesty. are some women that, that would not be yeah. comfortable in that. You You're and right. I, I would be comfortable in that. I forget that I'm not everybody. <laughs> <laughs> me too i walked in there and i didn't even close it up i didn't cinch it i was just like hanging down yeah, i, I never a... do i'm just like whatever like it's just tits like i don't care right i mean but th this is coming from you and i literally used to tell my gyno for my my pap smear every year i'm here to pay you to finger me with no happy ending this is <laughs> every time i see you i swear to god i need a drink when i'm done i was like you and me both let's go let's go have fun <laughs> so i don't know i deal with <laughs> tension like that and right. really inappropriate humor if I can get away with it. I'm also very good at knowing my audience. If I think I can make inappropriate things, it's just going to make me giggle and make them giggle. I will definitely do that. Otherwise, I'm I will be polite about it. But yes, you're right. There are actually modest people out there. I forget. Not me. Dude, I walked along a beach, you know, nude, which I never thought I'd ever do. I get it. I would have, when I was in high school, I would have definitely been very modest. The towel would have never even showed you my nipple, that type of thing, or in, in the locker room of high school or something like that. But what it yeah, comes down to is that they have changed it and they're making it more comfortable for women. It's worth the time and the energy to go in. And I fully get that. A thousand percent. Yeah. I fully get that. So let's see if I can test your knowledge. What is the color of the ribbon Pink. to represent breast cancer awareness? Pink. Okay. Why is it pink? I don't know. Why is it pink? Because it was actually designed by a magazine editor as a way to make breast cancer stand out or make it more female driven and whatnot. But it was designed by a self magazine as the one that created it. That's in interesting. 1992, which is interesting. That I did not know. Yeah. They originally had it as a peach color. Oh, and then they've changed, changed it, it to pink. How many men do you think get breast cancer? Actually, I don't know the stats, but my neighbor, my neighbor in my old neighborhood had breast cancer. He uh -huh. told me that didn't even dawn on me. Didn't even dawn on me because why would they? Now, I don't know. What is the percentage though? One in 833 men have breast that cancer. That is actually way more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, me too. When Seriously. I, when we started to do this, I love factoids. Yeah. Um, so far, 530 men have died from breast cancer in the United States this, this year. This year? This year. Oh, my gosh. I know. We don't That's talk about it. We don't talk about it. We don't. See, this is why. Ladies. Mm -hmm. Touch the boobies of your men. So I'm gonna go know. give my husband a mammogram as soon as we're. I'm giving a breast. I'm gonna give him a breast tissue exam. Exactly in the See. exact way that I told you guys how to do it. So yeah, he was literally my neighbor, and he's he survived it. It was a weird statement coming from an 80 year old man that I'm a breast cancer survivor, and I was like, I'd come again. What? What do you mean? And he was like, Yeah, no, I had breast cancer, and I was like, Oh, the thunderclap. Yeah. Mind blown. Like just didn't ever breast tissue is breast tissue. Who knew? Good to yeah. know. I'm glad so, for that. I I'm all for I want our women to have our voices, but we need to also get awareness out there for the men too. <laughs> Gotta be aware a of that. Thousand percent. I remember there was a show on TV. What was it called? It was in 2018. A million little things came out on ABC. Uh-uh. 
Never heard yeah. of it. Yeah, it was this cute little show. I mean, it was cute, but it had a lot of like ins and outs and it was a drama at night. And one of the main characters was a breast cancer survivor male. And I remember some of the commentary that they as a character this, in the show or is in real life as a character oh, in the show. OK, that's cool. Uh, it began to make me aware of, well, we really do put the pink label on it to make it female driven, but it really is male and female. All inclusive. Thank you for bringing that up, though. We have not talked about putting that on this platform, and it's definitely worth that for everybody. I do want to talk about a few things yes. just because everybody's boobies are different. We're also now including men in this conversation. Breast lumps are common and not always associated with breast cancer. They can exist due to other underlying breast problems that we may not know about. And more women have benign, which is non-cancerous breast problems than cancer. We've already talked about my cysts, and those are definitely something that could give you panic and make you think that you have breast cancer. Mine, thankfully, are not. They are cysts right now. But really any breast pain, which is any discomfort, tenderness, or pain in the breast or underarm region needs to be checked out and discussed with your person. There's breast masses, which are benign. It's a mass or a growth or a tumor. Oh, I love this knowledge. It's so important. Yeah. There's fibroadenoma, which is similar to cysts, and they are related to hormones. And they are often seen in women during puberty through their 20s and are often related to birth control, starting birth control, changing birth control, pregnancy, and breastfeeding, of course, can cause that as well. And it feels it's like a hard round lump in the breast. They move easily and they typically don't hurt. The cyst, like I said, it's a single fluid-filled sac. It's a simple cyst. A bunch of cysts next to each other are called complicated cysts, which is what I have. Like I said, I have 23 in one, 17 in the other. It's just a little fluid-filled sac. And again, they are should always be round, should be very movable. If you find them in your breast, you can put one finger on each side and they will slide back and forth. They're not rigidly stuck to a spot. There's mastitis, which I don't know if any pregnant women are on here and listening, but I definitely had mastitis and that's when your milk ducts actually clog and pinch off. And so that can also cause, you know, obviously if your milk ducts are not able to express milk, your glands are going to get swollen. It's going to be sore. You're going to have fever, chills. That is typically fixed with antibiotics, which is also not fun because I had to take antibiotics and my son had to nurse through my mastitis. Yeah, no, was the worst thing I've ever been through. Just, I lived in hot water baths like for days until that the antibiotics started kicking in. Another thing that could cause pain are abscesses, which is a fluid collection or pus pocket in the breast. That is generally caused by untreated mastitis. Obviously, there's other reasons to get that out there. I'm just saying we're going hand in hand here. It can be very painful. I don't know if anybody's ever had an abscess, but it's just basically a pocket full of pus and it's an infection. So that can be quite dangerous as well. Generally, they have to go in and they have to drain it maybe more than once, depending on how bad it is. All of these things you definitely need to go and talk to your doctor about anytime that you feel something that you're not used to. Anytime you think something has changed, anytime your partner is like, Hey, there's this thing here. Again, I had a lymph node in my armpit and I went directly to my doctor and they're like, Oh, it's because of your deodorant. But I wouldn't know that if I didn't go and advocate for myself, always do that stuff. I <laughs> anytime agree. you have issues. I agree. I 100% agree. And there are many reasons why we want to advocate for our bodies. 
I mean, besides in the bedroom with our partners to now with our doctors, it's your body. You need to advocate for it. I agree. And I think that's why we decided that we were going to focus on our breast assists today. Yes, our breast assists. Also, we were going to put in that you can go donate National Breast Cancer Foundation. You can Google them. They have a beautiful page. They have all of these tools and kits for free for people. You can download the manuals on how to do your own breast exams. They have a full calendar of stuff through this entire breast cancer month, which is really amazing. And it's all free. It's mental health. It's what to look for. It's all sorts of stuff. So get your butt on there. There's also a button to donate. We're going to put a link in our show notes, I promise. I would love that very much. Right now, everybody, make sure that you support and encourage your friends to have the conversation and actually do the damn self-test. Cannot stress to you enough, early identification of this stuff is the best chance that we all have to survive this. Yeah. Because I know with my family member, the friend of the family that we're dealing with, oh, she's dealing with it and we're supporting. Well said. She, you know, she didn't go. We're talking years and she's way older than me. She didn't do self-examines and she didn't schedule mammograms. She's now has already lost her breast and she's fighting for her life. Please, I can't advocate enough that there are programs out there to help you. Get it done and protect yourself. Yeah. You know who does this stuff? Planned Parenthood. Yes. Until they're gone. I know. There's also a bunch of genome testings out there now too, if you can afford it. Sometimes it can be done through your insurance, but there's it's an RET test, I believe, that you can get done for genetics and see what you're predisposed to. Because I know that breast cancer is not a typical thing in my family, but it's still a concern. So let me see. Yeah. Let's see. It's a, I'm sorry. It's a, BRCA gene testing. You can buy yourself, you can have it sent to your home and then you send it back in and they will let you know your results. Might also help you advocate to your doctor as well if they they have been non-committal. If you pay for the testing yourself, they will take any test and they will put it in your notes. They have been incorporating them. Good to know. That I yeah. think it's a good factory. They have, I know they have several tests out there. There's an HER2 genetic testing for hereditary breast and ovarian cancer. And they look for mutations in the BRCA1 and the BRCA2 genes. Your doctor can have testing requested for you and they're looking for mutations and then they can better give you a diagnosis. Generally, insurance doesn't like to pay for that stuff unless you have a history of something in your family. They can be very jerkish about doing any of that and they can deny you. Again, there's other resources and there's the home tests that you can do too. So if it is something that you are super worried about, you just want to rip off the Band-Aid and just know for your own, just know that stuff's out there. Um, What were you going to say before that? On the 23andMe, the standard testing does the BRCA and the BRC2. And according to my studies, I have zero variant detected. Which is very nice. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So with that said, I think we've gotten so much to dissect here, even on this broad overview of breast cancer awareness. Luckily, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, literally, if you have any questions about anything, just Google it. Google's your friend. There's so many cancer sites that you can go to, like individual, specialized. You know, if you know somebody, please be supportive of them. If you are that person, know that you have support. I hope you do have support. 
definitely my advice is find a group, find somebody that's going through it, share that with somebody that can really understand you and not just hear you like the people that don't have it can only do is just hear you. So take care of those titties. Take care of those titties. Thank you. With that said, see the show notes for linked, learn more about breast cancer awareness, self-checks for both male and females and get your partners involved or perfect strangers. I don't know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It doesn't matter as long as they know what they're looking for. Oh, wait. Did I do that one? I think I was drunk. (laughs) Right. All right. Well, with that said, go be good humans. Get tested. Go be good humans and please go get tested. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening and supporting our podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes and, of course, on our website at orgasmictourist.com. Please don't forget to help us out by sharing our podcast and leaving a five-star review. As always, you can send us an email with your questions and comments to orgasmictourist at gmail.com.